0: young man stands on the edge of his porch. The days were short and the father was gone. There was no one in the town and no one in the field. This dusty barren land had given all it could yield. My land at the age of 16, and I have no idea where else my heart
1: could Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gem City Gridiron Roundup Podcast. I am your host, the Deputy Commissioner, Scotch on the Sidelines, Dalton Van Pelt. And this week, for a full episode, I have with me Jubal Sackett. Jubal, say hello to our fans at home. What's going on, everybody? Great to be back on. I wish I had a winning record when I did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would have had to start week one. <laughs> yeah. I not think I won week one. I think I was like rolling through. <laughs> it's, it was a tough season for you, brother. There's no doubts about you it. Know, now I can stop focusing
2: on fantasy football in our league and my Vegas leagues instead and talk shit on the rest of the week. the league.
1: How are you doing in your Vegas leagues? I'm doing, I'm, I'm pretty
2: spread on those leagues. I'm in like eight leagues. I think a third of them, I've got a playoff spot locked up, a third of them. There's a lot of, like, five and six-win teams in those leagues, so this week's going to be huge for a lot of those leagues.
1: Absolutely. already
2: eliminated about half of them.
1: How many Vegas leagues are you playing in this year? Did we talk about that last time you were on?
2: I think we did a little bit. I'm in two uh, best balls, and I think I'm middle of the pack on those. Two, three starters, which are smaller leagues, and those are playoff round and then five larger buy-ins and the for 300s and I think two of those' um, hopefully gonna go to the playoffs and one of them is a maybe and the other two I got eliminated I learned that uh when you join these celebrity leagues they call them they've got like the all the fantasy gurus from SiriusXM X implant in those leagues too like Dr Roto and Mike Dempsey and people like that you start getting some real big competition so those are uh, those leagues kicked my butt a little bit this year.
1: Yeah, I know you were looking for the most amount of competition to prove. Test your mettle, if you say if you would say that, as that is one of our segments. You know,
2: they, uh, they're for real. I mean, those guys don't throw money away. So they're, uh, There's some pickups there that I think they gamble a little bit more than I'm used to. But usually I'm trying to stay steady and consistent with every team I play. But these guys will just take some fucking... And- Chances on people, and every once in a while it pays off. <laughs> I think that's what we're seeing a lot of them. There's, there's some players that they've played this year that just blow me away. I think Lamar Jackson was like a six round pick in one of them, which when I was in Las Vegas League is like crazy high, but we see how that's
1: going. Right. And I just wanted to break the fourth wall a little bit, just so everyone knows. Uh, my family came over for Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm stealing Cody away from his Thanksgiving slightly. Um, My sister brought her dog, who is not getting along with my cat, so I moved my operation to the garage. If you hear some differences in the audio quality, that is why. And Cody is on a Bluetooth, but it should be just fine. Yeah, as long as you can hear me, I think we're good. Yeah, we are good. Well, let's start it off. I found out this week there was a Bengals fan who was living on the roof of the bar he owned. And the Bengals fan, who was interviewed on the Dan Lebertard Show, which I subscribe to. I really enjoy that show, and a lot of my podcast uh, repertoire has been brought over from that show. I've studied the way they communicate and all that. I don't know if that's public knowledge at this point, but there's a Bengals Bengals fan living on the roof of the bar he owns. He went up there after week five, and he's decided that he is going to live on the roof until they win. I do not recall his name, but he has a uh, a tarp tent on top of the roof. He has another tent and a cot inside. He's got a heater inside. And there is also a uh, shower And uh, on the second floor of this building because uh, it used to be a hotel. And uh, his wife brings him meals three days a week. And apparently she was all down for this, which uh, I find pretty funny because I don't think most of the league mate's wives would be okay with him living on a roof for weeks and weeks and weeks. And this fan has decided he will not come off the roof until the Bengals win. So if they go 0-16, oh, he will come off the roof, and then to start the season, he will live on the roof until they get a victory.
2: Well, that is the uh, the first time I've heard about that story, and they've probably been married a little
1: bit longer than most people in our league. <laughs> yeah, I would expect so. No, uh, Just looking at the Bengals' schedule here, they got the Jets. Browns, the Patriots, uh, the Dolphins. I guess okay. They have some winnable games. They got the they got the Browns twice, the Dolphins, and the Jets. They they might be able to steal one here. They might be able to, especially now that they announced that Andy Dalton will now be the starter. We'll get into that later. Also, in notes around the league. There was a piñata Mason Rudolph at a Browns' tailgate. That is going to be our thumbnail for the week. Some Browns fans decided it would be hilarious if they blindfolded each other and uh, used a Steelers helmet to attack a Mason Rudolph piñata. Moving. Uh, I can't say I condone the violence, but that was, uh,
2: you know, I don't even really want to get into that situation. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I know this week they were talking about racial slurs. I don't know if they ever went anywhere with that, but that's the most violent play I've ever
1: seen on a field, that think. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know with our podcast, we don't like to touch on the touchy subjects because everyone else is covering them like we've skirted the Antonio Brown news all season. Uh, I just thought this was kind of hysterical, so I figured I'd bring it up one last time, and this will probably be the last time we talk about it on this show. He did get benched, so he, uh, it's
2: probably a good thing cause even if
1: he was playing well, I don't know if I'd want to play against <laughs> <Brown's asleep. laughs> well, the Browns this week. Well, Duck Hodges is basically two and zero at this point, anyway, so it's not a huge deal. Yeah. A J Green, trying the ball over. <laughs> yeah, A J Green is playing the Trent Williams game, not wanting to risk his body for a terrible team. I can't say I blame him, although I've held on to all season, and I really don't know why, because he's obviously not going to play. I've, uh, I've got him in a couple of Vegas leagues, two
2: of them, I think, a best ball and one of the season longs. Hold holding on to him. And he's hard to draw, man. There's not much talent out there. Everything's so stripped, so you might as well hold on to him. But, yeah, at this point, I think you kind of in playoff contention, you might be able to find
1: a better piece out there. Honestly, I think I'm going to hold on to him because of the production level the other Bengals wide receivers have been able to do. or The other Bengals wide receivers have been insanely productive, so I feel like if A.J. Green comes back for two games – that will be the difference between my victory or failure. So I've been hanging on and to him. The, uh, the red rocket back, he? he is. Andy Dalton will be starting this week. We'll get on to that later. The Seahawks and Eagles were in a tight matchup as Carson Wentz relied solely on his tight ends as no one else knows how to catch. The Seahawks gave the Eagles every opportunity to win this one, but Seattle pulls it out. Uh, exciting play by Rashad Penny, although it wasn't usable for fantasy purposes as I don't think he was picked up. Do you have a, did you watch this game? Uh, I saw bits and pieces
2: of it. I kind of jump back and forth on Sundays, but uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. The Seahawks got a good team. I was kind of surprised the Eagles even—they were actually favorites in Vegas like that on the betty. But I don't understand where the hype is with the Eagles. I know they played
1: the Patriots <coughs> close, but they just—they got some big deficiencies in their team. The Eagles have been very pedestrian, which is really weird because it's in essence the same exact roster that won the Super Bowl. Dallas, they, uh, go ahead.
2: They, when they play the Patriots, their corners started playing a little bit better, but I don't know. Wentz he doesn't have any weapons. I don't think Alshon Jeffrey's back yet either,
1: is he? Um, that is unknown at this time. Uh, th- they got a lot of corners back from injury, which has helped them recently. But also, the Patriots' offense has not looked very good, so that might have had something to do with it. Dallas fumbles an opportunity to run it down the throats of Terrific Tom and Darth Belichick. They failed to take an advantage of this opportunity. Did you have any – I'm assuming you watched this game. This was the game you and I almost went to.
2: Yeah, I watched every snap of this game. And looking at the weather and the outcome, I'm a little bit torn on whether it would have been
1: enjoyable to go to it or not. It was <laughs> the, uh, like 30-mile-an-hour winds and downpour rain the entire game. It was football weather, although I'm sure we would have been a little bit miserable in the stands, although it would have been our first football games, so we would have enjoyed the hell out of it, I'm sure. I've been to games in Denver. I've
2: never been to a game in New England.
1: That, we will do that here in four years the next time they play. Yep, I'll go to Dallas. Actually, they might be in Dallas next time. We'll see. Anyway. There are plenty of years left in our lives, so Cody, we will see one of those games in Foxborough gotta do it man just gotta get more money that's all that's right so the afternoon game was followed by two blowouts that were slated to be great games on monday and sunday night neither of them did i watch too much because they were absolute blowouts not much to talk about there besides the fact that kyle shanahan is a genius and lamar jackson is nothing to scoff at i did not watch any of that game yeah exactly uh they were supposed to be really good and they were blowouts and uh, I don't think it, very many people ended up watching those games, which is really weird because of the matchups. Did you have any further surprised me? The Packers suscri- surprised you? Yeah, I don't know if he's got a good front, but I was sitting there wondering if I was gonna pull a comeback or Luke and once I saw what Aaron Jones put up, I was like, Yep, I'm done. How many points did Aaron Jones have? I think he was like three point eight, I think probably out of those thirty eight rushing yards. Wow, what a what a terrible game. I figured Aaron Jones would still have some decent production even against the 49ers because of his passing ability.
2: I weird like that, man. That's, even when they have a good thing sometimes, they just go away from it and they, they try to rely on one of their weaknesses and you know, let Aaron just do his thing. There's a jam it right up in the middle of the defense and it just doesn't work. It right. can be frustrating. I know a couple Packers fans that definitely hate watching
1: their offensive times. Right, right, right. And they also have a lack of weapons at the same time. A lot of their wide receivers have not produced the way they expected. Yeah,
2: I haven't even really been. Bad. I don't have any shares of Devontae
1: Adams. I haven't really been watching what he's doing. Right. Do you have any further notes from the week of action? Did you pay attention to anything? Did you have anything that you thought was funny? Yeah, not,
2: not really. I thought it was a pretty
1: uh, boring week of football for the most part. There's a lot of blowouts. so just looking at the scoreboard across there. Yeah. They closed games. You know, the Patriots-Cowboys game was pretty good. The um, Eagles-Seahawks game was pretty good, little, too. You're probably a little disappointed with some of the refs' calls and the Cowboys. Uh, I, you know, um, my coach, the couple years I played football, my coach always told us if you allow the refs to cost you the game, then you deserve to lose it. Yeah. So. Uh, if it comes down to that. You know. Yep, you got to put yourself in a position to where the refs do not have anything to do with the game. Because it's on you at the end of the day. The field
2: goal at the end surprised me. I that was four down territory
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it surprised uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman as well. They were very verbal on that. And I honestly thought it was the right move because it was a fourth and seven, and uh, they hadn't been moving the ball very well all game. So. And Holton Lamari's catch list is pretty
2: impressive, too. Gilmore E. Kind oh, looking across the league, I'm not really sure who's going to be your uh, defensive player of the year this year, but I think Gilmore he might have a
1: shot at it. Looking at the stat line, absolutely he does. Let's move on to the notes, Eric Ebron, or the news. Excuse me, news around the league. Eric Ebron has been placed on IR with an ankle injury. This may make Jack Doyle viable. Do you see any value in Colts tight ends due to Eric Ebron's IR? Um, yeah, I feel pretty heavy in Jack
2: Doyle. He uh He's proven in years past that he could be a weapon. He's not been quite the red zone target that Ebron was, but I don't know who
1: has not in our league, but I mean, I would say anybody any did scrap of value you can get out of tight end at this point is probably worth it. <laughs> yeah, and then again, Jack Doyle was Andrew Luck's best friend, just like Jason Witten was to Tony Romo, so he had a little bit of a bias. I don't even honestly know if Jack Doyle's all that great, but he was the best friend of uh, Andrew Luck.
2: He runs
1: good routes. Know where he's going to be, and he's reliable with his hands. Not very fast or anything like that. But yeah, he's basically Jason Witten as a 35 year old, but he's 20 something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Duck Hodges has been the name, the Steelers' quarterback, starting quarterback. We talked about that earlier. James Conner is still out with injury. Um, I honestly don't see any fall off from any. Off- offensive options in the Steelers. But honestly, I don't think anybody was starting any of them. Juju Smith-Schuster is droppable at this point. I dropped him in another league. Yeah, he hasn't
2: really been performing. I don't even, I think he's in, I saw a posting, I he's in the
1: concussion protocol, but then he took, like, a, a photo driving hundred and some miles an hour on this interstate and posted it on social media. That's really good. That probably has something to do with him just now getting his driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> bicycle for him man no more, more bicycle he's <laughs> do you think he rode a mongoose or a schwin uh i don't know i feel like what
2: are you what do you call them bikes that everybody likes to do the tricks on with the freaking trick
1: bars and <laughs> <laughs> yeah he had some pegs on his bicycle yeah Carson Wentz is day-to-day with a bruised right hand. This may have attributed to his lack of production on Sunday. He honestly put up a pretty terrible performance in a game that was winnable. Do you think Carson Wentz starts this week? Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I don't even know. Is it uh, Chase Daniels that his backup this? No, Chase Daniels is the Bears' backup. Oh, that's right. Who is it for Wentz? I don't even know who it is. Good question. Maybe Mark Sanchez? Who knows?
2: There was a pretty funny meme,
1: though. It's like, uh, you've heard of Alf on the shelf. Get ready for when it's on a bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did see that. <laughs> Andy Dalton has resumed his role as the Bengals starting quarterback. The paperback-clad Bengals fans must be rejoicing. Honestly, Andy Dalton should have never been benched, although they needed to find out if they had anything in their backup quarterback, which they obviously did not. I honestly don't see... I see Joe Mixon's value tanking once again, and I see the receiver's value going through the roof once again.
2: Yep. I think they just got uh, John Ross back. I think he's coming back to play again. Um, he was pretty electric beginning of in year, so maybe that'll give somebody a drill. But I think Joe Mixon,
1: Giovanni Bernard, unless you're desperate, probably not something you want to play. Nope, they're probably useless now because, you know, Andy Dalton's going to be throwing it all over the field because he actually can, unlike the other quarterback. <laughs>
2: They do have the Browns. Still got the good run
1: defense, but they do play the Dolphins. So you might—I think—that's championship weekend too. So you make a run on. There you go. Yep. There. There. I go. Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack. Excuse me. Has been ruled out for week thirteen. That is not good news for Luke, who needs a giant win against Big Mike. And we will touch on that scenario later in the podcast. Do you see any value for Nahin? Naheem Hines, or do you think it's going to be the Jonathan Williams show? Is that his first name, I believe it is? Yeah, he killed me this last week with Luke, Two. He got lucky as hell. He might give 20 points on Thursday night. I think Jonathan Williams will honestly score 20 points every week that he plays.
2: They got the Titans. You know, the Titans just fucking ran over the top of the Jaguars last week, which kind of surprised me. Yeah.
1: Th- so, I would be a little bit nervous playing him against the Titans. They got Pretty good defense. Absolutely. The 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 uh Titans defense has been playing very well. It's gonna be very interesting. I'm honestly I'm not gonna start Naheem Hines because of the Titans defense. It does frighten me a little bit and who knows who's going to get the bulk of I the would, workload. I would play Williams if I had to, but I would lean towards Jack Doyle and uh P. Y. Hill in a game like this. Absolutely. Adam Thielen and Devontae Freeman have resumed practice on Tuesday. Uh, hopefully both of them make the start. I think both of them have decent matchups. One is playing on Thursday night, that being Devontae Freeman. And we'll see if Adam Thielen is worth starting. I honestly don't know if I would start him. Um, yeah, who really this week? I can't remember. Seahawks Monday night. Seahawks Monday night. That might be worth playing, but uh, I don't know could be up and and down game right the Seahawks have gotten in a lot of shootouts yep yep sorry I walked all over you there that's good depends on what you have I mean if he comes back he was producing pretty well before he left so yep do you have any further news to touch on from the week in the NFL you said it was boring is there anything else that happened that was newsworthy
2: You know, just looking at my performance on my team last week, I would say, you know, Aaron Jones surprised the heck out of me, putting up three. T.Y. Hilton didn't do crap on Thursday night. You had, uh, oh, Derek Carr.
1: I decided to drop Derek Carr off and play Derek Carr against the Jets, and the Jets stomped the Raiders. Yes, they did. <laughs> uh,
2: no, well, uh, there was a lot of one-sided games this last week, and, uh, the only thing I guess I would add to that is O.J. Howard is terrible and I wish I'd ever
1: drafted him. <laughs> <laughs> he is so bad. <clears throat> yeah, that was probably my worst pick this year for sure. I don't even remember. I think he's like an eighth-round pick. Although, being a Patriots fan, do you wish the Patriots would have completed the trade to acquire O.J. Howard? Oh, man. I think they would have utilized him way better than Bruce Arians. He never really had a tight end in Arizona either, though. He's never really used tight ends effectively.
2: Winston, he was never Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick was the one that was having Howard and getting uh, and break, kind of light the field up. So, true, so he, true. he uh, definitely deserves to go to a different team. I think he's definitely got the talent, but he probably won't
1: get drafted by me again. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and with that, we're going to cut to a break, and when we come back, we are going to go over my favorite segment, which is the matchups that matter. We'll be right back in a moment. <laughs>
3: It starts
0: with life. one thing, I don't know why, it doesn't even matter how hard you try, keep that in mind, I'm designed just right trying to explain in due time, all I know, time is a valuable thing, watch it fly by as the pendulum swings, watch it count down to the end of the day, the clock takes life away, it's so unreal, didn't look out below. Watch the time go right out the window. Trying to hold on to didn't even know. I wasted it all just to watch you go. I kept
1: everything inside. And we're back. Once again, I am with Cody Jubal Sackett. We have touched on the reason why I call him Jubal. I might still only be the only one who calls him Jubal, although it is still pertinent. Actually, Matthew hit me up with a happy birthday on Facebook,
3: mm-hmm. and he used Jubal.
1: That's awesome. It's spreading. So it's, it's it's catching on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he probably enjoyed the story. And uh, this is, I, what am I now? Two and eight in that match, in that rivalry, or something crazy like that? I don't have a Hall of Records open, but I, I want to say this was either one or two that you actually beat me on. I think right. You beat me on the very first matchup we ever had. Correct. So this is only my second victory against you in all these years. Yeah. Now let's get into the matchups that. Yeah, it was. Now let's get into the matchups that matter. I took a closer step towards the playoffs with my third win in a row over Crafty Masseuse. Derek Henry was the only bright spot for Matthew. Do you have any notes from this matchup? Well, let me open up NFL real quick because I actually looked at everything. Fair enough. My apologies for... Uh, uh, came down. No, you're good. I told you if you interviewed me, I might be unprepared to a... <laughs> that's it's more of a co host situation than an interview, honestly. Yeah. And I, I figured yeah, I, you'd be the yeah. perfect candidate because we can talk football all day. Kinda came down to the wire between you two and
2: uh Amari and Johnny Smith bit him in the butt and that's kind of a win lose for you, Amari putting up a donut on him. <laughs>
1: Because if he didn't put up a donor, the Cowboys might have won. They might have won because there were a couple of crucial first downs where Amari Cooper was the primary target. That fourth down right at
2: the end that he got called back for a
1: completion. Absolutely. Next matchup, Big Mike knocks off Bill. Both teams had already secured a playoff spot, but Bill's loss means he doesn't have a shot at a top three seed. Did you pay attention to this game at all? Hello? Hello? Sack it. Folks, I'll call him back. We'll be back briefly. All right, folks, I got Jubal back on the line. We'll go over the next matchup that mattered. Brinkman slides into an L against the Commission, who has guaranteed a top three finish. His shellacking was in thanks to Chris Godwin and literally everyone on the commission's team. They all went off. Did you have any notes from that?
2: team is looking pretty strong right now. Um, yeah, he made that trade for Odell, which I was kind of questioning. But if that plays through with him, granted it was Miami, then he could make a good postseason run here. And On Brink's side, I think I'm playing him this week. So I don't know where his record is, but I think if I beat him, I might be able to knock him out of the playoffs
1: maybe. Brinkman? Is he close? Um, six six, he's got to be the middle of the I'm not sure if he has a tiebreaker over Luke or not. I unfortunately did not run that tiebreaker because I just assumed the Brink would would make it. Um, man, that was a really that was a really big mess up on my part because I ran the tiebreakers on everybody else. But I'm pretty sure Brink is still guaranteed a playoff spot because I think he has a tiebreaker over okay. myself okay. and Pat. <laughs> nope. Uh, you just you just gotta how look. Is, how many wins does Dark Horse have? Two. You just gotta look forward to the the <laughs> consolation prizes and uh hope that you don't sit on that toilet seat. That's about all you got for right now, buddy. I think I'm safe from the toilet seat. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. Um honestly the commissioners team is probably the scariest team in the playoffs right now. Yeah. You got a lot
2: of guys that you know you know, Mayfield and uh Beckham they can go off any week. They can also tank any week. Coleman, it's kind of like he was saying last week on the podcast. He's, he's got to make some decisions on the matchups. and As long as he plays his cards right, then he's got a chance to win every
1: week. Yeah, although he is really counting on the Browns to have a decent end to their season. <laughs> They're making, trying to make a run for a wild card. They've got a shot. The AFC wild card those is are, wide open. Those are good
2: players to have, man, when their teams are actually trying to divide from playoff position. You know, you can start getting players like the Dolphins or and I got Julio Jones right now, and he's got like, a shoulder singer. They're out of the playoffs,
1: and He ain't got nothing to play for. That guy's probably going to sit out. <laughs> yeah, probably. Patrick gets a big win, ensuring that Cole will not be making it to the postseason this year. It was a true blowout, 156.6 to 84.1. What are your thoughts on us uh giving Cole the loss, whether or not he won it or not? I mean, I,
2: those kind of rules, as long as we set them up front, everybody's clear on what's going to happen. You know, my personal take on the rule is I didn't necessarily agree with it as strong as it real did. I understand it's annoying to win some games instead of a up, but I'm one of those players that, you know, like having a Patriots defense, I would just play them so I do a week and hold on to them without actually giving up a roster spot. Right. Same with kickers sometimes if you got one of those kickers, but, I don't mind the rule. I mean, I think it makes it more competitive, and it definitely makes
1: adding and dropping players a little bit more complicated. Absolutely. The rule's a rule, and we never had to use it until now. But <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I also, think it, I also think it makes it more competitive for the teams in the consolation bracket because, um, especially with the toilet seat as well, no one wants to sit on a toilet seat for an entire draft. So I think that incentivized yeah. people to continue making additions and to not tank for that number one pick. Well, on the on the toilet seat side, is it in, is it in regular season record, or is it, does it include the consolation playoffs? It is the playoffs. So the uh, but it's also uh, so it's the playoffs. But if you finish last in the league, it does not guarantee you the first pick. But you might still have to sit on the toilet seat, like last year. Um, Matthew got the first pick, but Blaster had to sit on the toilet seat, who was in the two spot, I believe. Did I lose you again? All right, folks, we're having some technical difficulties. We'll be back with you. shortly. I ain't got a
2: hurt, and I ain't got a clue Of what I did and didn't do All I know is I'm wearing her number out. nation it didn't take long for her to go and tell me she's gone my mama would be ashamed if she could see me now cause I'm back on the bottle crying out loud I need holding and I need it now someone to rock me and then tell
1: and we're back folks Cody is Currently driving to the top of the hill so that he can get cell phone service. Welcome to Country Living, Newcastle, Wyoming. Gotta love it. Dark Horse. G- Go ahead. We are good. Sorry for the interruption. Abs- it's completely fine. I, I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your life to enhance the podcast. Dark Horse gets his second W for the year. Look out. He is not guaranteed the toilet seat. You do not want to be the guy who finished last to a guy who didn't get to draft at all. Blaster falls out of the driver's seat for the top seed. What are your thoughts on Dark Horse and Blaster? Uh, Blaster had a bad week. I still think he's got a you know, strong team. He can
2: make strong playoff on hopefully farm and Dark Horse. Garrett, I haven't met him yet, but he's making the most of the team and I see he spent big money on with Sean McCoy this week, so he maybe he can
1: rack off another win before uh, the season ends here and hopefully he doesn't get me in the playoffs. <laughs> yes. I really hope that you're safe from the dark horse riding long into the night. And lastly, my championships away if I lose to him. Yeah, you might have to ship that Patrick Mahomes jersey to him. And lastly, the two-time champ puts up a poor performance once again. This this just wasn't your year. No, not at all. man. We got we got some major injuries going on. Yep. Your your team appears to be plagued with them. I'm uh, missing Connor. Hilton hasn't really done much for the last month. And you got Brandon Cook, who's pretty much a vegetable at this point. Now, can we talk about some bets that were made on draft day between drunken myself and uh, you, with your uh, your kaleidoscope and your uh, your protractor and your draft strategy going on? Do you remember the bets? I remember it was Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup. Yep. And, my what, little, my little Cooper Cups. and what was the other one that actually had some stakes? Now, uh if I mean I if you don't pay out, that's fine. But uh we bet that Dak Prescott I said he would be a top ten quarterback, you said he would not, and we bet the buy in. I don't remember that, but I'll pay up. <laughs> All right. Because that, that sounds like something I would have said at the beginning of the year. <laughs> yeah. I got him very late in the draft and I was uber confident. Um so if if you do or don't pay up, that's fine. I just thought it was a real fun bet. What was the uh, Cup and Cooks one? I remember what the, you wrote it down, I think. We did points per game. Points per, that's right. It didn't matter if they were injured or not. Right. right. And I obviously won that one. And most fucking Cooks comes out and has some stellar last couple games here. <laughs> I think it's going to take a lot, but. Yeah, no, Cooks had a hell of a year. Even if the Rams suck. Yep. I, I drafted him in every league I'm in So I, I was uber confident in him And if I would have been wrong It would have been hilarious You
2: know you gotta give up to Luke Luke's team's been kind of coming on strong here These last few weeks he's, he's battling his way back into a playoff spot Hopefully for him And
1: he just lost to tight end So we'll see what he does there. But his, uh, he's got some messed up coming back again Absolutely Now we're going to get into an informal interview portion Who wins the league this year?
2: If I'm looking at anybody's team and saying I feel the best about their consistency, it's probably Big Mike. If I were to pick the team that's most explosive, I would say any given week, Zach's team could put up more points than anybody else in the league. But it just depends on how those players play, and he's got a lot of volatility. Beckham could go for a donut. Kevin Coleman could put up four or five points and they could go to a different running back, especially when Breida comes back. He's got a lot of volatility,
1: but I mean, Zach, if he picks the right lineup, he could be anybody. Absolutely. Now, what is a better holiday, Christmas or Thanksgiving?
2: Um, You know, I'm not too crazy about turkey, to be honest, so I'd probably go with uh, Christmas. Usually you get like ham or. Prime rib or something like that. So I, I lean towards Christmas. Thanksgiving's not back. You know, family over, my birthday happens to fall right
1: on it. So usually that means I get a lot more gifts from people that you wouldn't normally be seeing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I lean towards Christmas, though. They feel obligated to give you gifts because of your birthday, I would assume. Yeah, birthday, everybody else is doing it. You show up and don't give me nothing, then you're, you're going to see that guy. <laughs> now is dark Horse handing blaster the l one of the biggest upsets in our fantasy history um, man I'm trying to think of I, I don't want to say yes right away but I'm trying I can't think of one that we've talked about more honestly I think I mean, you've never, we've never we've never had a team just picked
2: up off waivers completely after the draft. He literally
1: missed, I don't know, what do we have, 17 rounds or something like that? Yep. That times 12 players, however many players that is. He literally missed out
2: on like the first 200 or something players. Yeah. <laughs> he's beating
1: people. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. So I, I would say, yeah. I think one other consideration would be uh, our first-time champion who came from the seven seed to win the whole thing. And that yeah. was Matt Jones, which none of us actually ever met except for – Zach and uh, Matt at the time. Yeah, he, he had a pretty good run there. That I don't know if there's any one game there though because he came on strong. So I don't know. Dark Horse's team is just something he could put. You expect him to put up 50 to 60 points, and if he gets 100, it's a miracle. And sometimes someone just puts up a stinker against him. Hopefully, he doesn't get anybody in the playoffs. But it feels like it feels like most weeks he has honestly put up 100 points. Yeah, he's been a pretty consistent scrap in the waiver wire there. And I don't even think he's used to all his fastness either, which is more impressive. Yeah, that is in- extremely impressive. He has not bought high. Yeah, if I was in that position, I would have took the first couple swings if people I thought were going to be studs, and I would have probably overpaid for them. Yeah, just like myself and Ty Johnson. Yeah, that one was out. <laughs> but hey, I spent like 200 on Wayne Goldman, so there you get that. <laughs> yeah. take one came back. <laughs> yeah, that that was a regular old Tua Tonga-Vailoa situation right there with Saquon. He did not give a fuck. Nope. And he still hasn't done that good either, unfortunately for Matt. Yeah. I, I honestly uh, asked this question a little bit before, but who would you fear most going into the postseason? Um, man, I was, Brink was hot for a while there because he had Mahomes going again and Damian. Williams is hurt again, I think. Yep. But Dallas Cook's still a stud. I would probably, I would probably say Big Mike. I mean, he's a, to me, he's a
2: favorite. He's been the most consistent. I know Tyreek Hill's got a hamstring, but he's got a full lineup. Even with Juju on his team, he's – I don't even know what – if you look through all the seasons, all the weeks this year and see one of the lowest scores,
1: I I'd be surprised if he's had a week worse than 125 points all year. Yeah, he, he pulled a regular old Jubal. Well, yeah, he's scoring 120 points a week. That's normally your thing. I thought you were talking about people from this year. No. Seeing how well the no RB strategy has gone for Big Mike, might you institute it yourself next year? Uh, This is the first time we saw this in our league. Is this too small of a sample size for our league, or does it appear to be a good strategy?
2: For me, it's not really about draft strategy. In, in general, I try to go two running backs, two to three running backs and two to three receivers in the first five or six rounds to try to focus on that. Um, I don't like reaching for tight end. This year, I kind of drafted higher. and Obviously, O.J. Howard bit me a little bit, but, you know, he drafted right in front, right after me and right in front of me on that one-two turn, and I don't regret passing up on either receiver that he took in those picks. I were going to say anybody I
1: regret passing up on. It would be uh, Dalvin Cook. Absolutely. The one. So I, I still lean running back heavy, and I think
2: you look at Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. Those guys are different animals. They've pretty much been there every week. Tyree Kill, even though it's worked out for him, he's had enough receiver depth. Tyrell Williams, things like that. I mean, he's put together a really deep team that can put up 15-plus points per player every week, but... Those running backs are hard to come
1: by, man. Cody and uh, Brains have both been surviving off of Cook and McCaffrey. Now, that brings me into my next question. It was an accidental great segue. Who are the top five running backs for next year to you? I think McCaffrey's the number one.
2: Probably put Dalvin Cook at two. I think he's earned it. Um, Nick Chubb. Depending on what happens with Kareem Hunt, I think Nick Chubb's going to be up there. Um, you know, Aaron Jones, he's kind of. He's had a couple bad weeks where he's put up really low scoring, but I think out of all those running backs, Aaron Jones has actually had some of the most explosive games as well this year. So I think he'd probably round out maybe a five and if I were to
1: go a four trying to think of somebody I'm missing and everybody else is kind of below the pack. Well, you got Barkley, Zeke and Kamara. Those are some snubs that you've had so far. Well, I guess
2: they've all been paid up as well. <clears throat> well, I guess Zeke has been below expectations. I don't I think I don't know what they're trying to do with that. I don't know if they're trying to justify paying him this big money or something, but they kind of
1: it feels like a weird year with Zeke. I'm not sure why they're not giving up all more than they are. It has been very weird. The Dallas Cowboys have been very pass-happy, and that is very different, especially since Randall Cobb cannot catch a fucking pass to save his life. And they've, I guess they've had some offense at last with though, haven't they? Yeah, there's been a couple injuries, but nothing major. Last year was worse. If I were going to rank them, I'd go McCaffrey, Cook.
2: I think I'd probably still lean. I'd probably throw Zeke up there just for the workload. Mara
1: and Saquon, probably five. And I probably heard Jalen was six, somewhere in there. Fair enough. What about wide receivers? Uh, Michael Thomas,
2: number one. He's been a stud. Yeah. With or without Drew Brees. <laughs> Hopkins would be two. He's kind of been sporadic this year, but Watson's the league threat. So Thomas, Hopkins. If Hill is healthy, I'd throw Hill up there because he could go off any week and
1: nobody can cover him in the NFL. Correct. Um, Odell's you know, been sporadic. I'm
2: trying to think of other. I guess, uh, I, well. I wouldn't even put Dylan up there anymore because he got injured. Julio's got to be in there. I know he hasn't had the greatest year, but that's mostly because the pilot looks fucked. And I'd
1: probably still put Odell up there if I next year. So that's your top five. Anybody think I'm missing? Uh, Devontae Adams. I, don't,
2: I mean, he was a stud for two years in a row with Rodgers getting the end zone, but I don't even know I mean, how many touchdowns does he have this year. I, don't, I bet If I were to guess, I would say he has less than four touchdowns
1: this year. <clears throat> That's probably right. His, his season has also been plagued by injury, but uh, honestly he should have had a bit more production in the games where he was fully healthy like last week it's been a weird year. I mean, they've been
2: successful, and they've been running the ball better under a different head coach. So I don't know if that's what it's going to look like going forward, but I would still lean towards those other receivers,
1: I think. Fair enough. Now it's time to preview next week's games. And there are not too many things that I love more than Thanksgiving Day football. Vivid memories of watching games at my aunt's house in Spearfish brings me back to Julius Jones, Greg Ellis, Terrell Owens, Marion Barber, Terrence Newman, Roy Williams, and of course Tony Romo. These names put a mark in my childhood memory. Do you have any fond memories of Thanksgiving football? You know, I don't the
2: Patriots don't really play on Thanksgiving. They have a couple times. Um, if I had, looking back, without looking back, I'd have to say they probably played less than two or three Thanksgiving days in the last, like, 20 years. Basically the brady Belichick era. So, not too much. I'm usually watching the Cowboys or Lions games, something like that. A lot of those players you just mentioned, the, uh, Calvin Johnson.
1: Yep. He sticks out. 300 yards um, against Dallas. <laughs> yep, yep. And then I think, uh, was it... Philly that played a few years ago, and they had a uh, a snow game, a snowball. Was that Philly and Lashawn McCoy going off of that as a Thanksgiving game? I believe that's accurate, and it was like white out, and you couldn't see anything on the telecast. And Lashawn McCoy was the only reason why they won. Yeah, he had like 150 to 200 yards somewhere. In there. <laughs> yeah, just rumbling down, and they could not see him in the snow for some reason. No Thanksgiving football is always fun. I'm definitely always using it to not talk about you know family issues and politics. So not have on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> now everyone is clenched except for Patrick and myself. Luke is the only one who can still shake up the playoffs, and he has a tiebreaker over Pat and myself. He must beat Big Mike and hope one of us loses. Big Mike and Blaster are guaranteed the two top two spots, and Zach has locked up the third spot regardless of next week's outcome. And I uh, figured all this out by running some tiebreakers and uh, making a spreadsheet, as I've made probably about 14 spreadsheets for this season for this podcast. <laughs> Does any of that shock yeah. you? You know,
3: the only thing that shocked
2: Kind of looking at these matchups. You know, Luke's got a fair shot against uh, Big Mike this week. Big Mike's got some tough matchups, and most notably, Lamar Jackson has got to go to San Francisco and they slow him down. And then
1: Deshaun Watson, his other quarterback, has to go to New England. Ooh. So
2: Luke's got a shot. He's got some injuries. He's dealing with two, but he's got a shot to win. I don't see Patrick losing the Dark Horse. I don't Dark Horse picked up Sean McCoy, so Damian Williams doesn't play, that might be a good play for him. But I don't know. Patrick's got some pretty good matchups this week.
1: He's got Bell against Cincinnati, uh, Murray against the Rams. I think he just – is are more injured? I don't know if he is or not. I'm not 100% sure. So he's got, I think he's pretty safe, and you're playing cool. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a close matchup. I would agree. You both got tough quarterback matchups. Yes. Kamara against Atlanta is a pretty good look. Zeke against Buffalo is not as good, so you got the edge there, I would say. I like Sonny Michelle against Houston. I think they're going to run it down their throats. I think he's got Jordan Howard against Miami, though. That's kind of scary. (laughs) If he plays. Yeah, if he plays. He he limited practice, is what this says. I think he'll play, and I think he's going to put up a monster game, so I'm going to have to counteract the Jordan Howard monster game. Yeah. You got some good matchups, though. Mark
2: Andrews against San Francisco is tough. You got Cooper Cup against Arizona. And he probably won't beat Patrick Peterson, so I like Cup this
1: week. Because Cooper Cup mainly plays out of the slot. Yeah, Peterson will follow him in there. He'll probably take Cook from the outside. Now, uh, moving in, just to take a look at next week's matchup, say preview, if you would. I take on Cole, win, and I'm in the playoffs. Pat takes on Dark Horse, as we mentioned previously, win, and he's in. Matt is hoping for a W so that he doesn't have to get a uh, – so that he can get a better seed. Uh, he still has not locked up a top echelon seed. Matt could still fall to the eight spot. Blaster has the number 1 seed. Still to play for, and the Battle of Shroot Farms between the two of them looks to be a very close matchup, according to projections. Yep, the, uh, I definitely would not want to play one of the top three seeds in the first in the playoffs. The first two get a bye, so your six and seven are going to play your three and four seed, right? No, 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 S- uh, eight verse one, seven verse two. No, 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 no! I could be wrong. Huh? How, how, how in the hell don't you know there's no buys in our league? You've been playing at it for five years.
3: I've played too many leagues to remember
1: one. Fair enough. I just take it one week at a time, man. <laughs> we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, we're on to Cincinnati exactly. Now, I think the Battle of Shroot Farms is going to be one that I'm going to watch very closely. It's always fun to have a rivalry game to end the season. I would really want to avoid the six, seven, and eight seed to avoid those top three seeds. Right. The okay. four four versus five matchup is a much better matchup. Yeah, so is that
2: locked in right now or is
1: that is that's still open? <clears throat> Everything from four down, I believe, is still open. Um although Bill might have locked in the four seed, I cannot remember off the top of my head. Um let me see uh nope, it is not locked in. Bill looks to secure the fourth spot. Things could shake up if he loses uh, to the commish, who has nothing to play for. The commissioner, regardless of whether or not he loses to Bill, will still be the three seed. Yeah, I think uh, definitely we want to
2: avoid those spots. and We'll see if Zach takes it easy on Bill or if he tries to make it live hard. Remember the uh, Hall of Records, Point
1: totals and stuff are still on the line, so everybody should want to put up as many quick as they can. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, let's see, Brinkman looks for a W against the two time champ to keep his pace with the other tied teams. If you were to beat him, there is a possibility that he doesn't make the playoffs, so that is what you have to play for. Yeah, I don't know. that. I
2: I'm definitely going to try to at least notch up one more win. I think all-time win-wise, you and Brink and Zach are closest to me, so the less games I
1: uh, give up to them, the better. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely, and that is another thing to play for for yourself. Um, I honestly am a little bit embarrassed because I didn't crutch the numbers for Brinkman because I just assumed he would be in based on tiebreakers because I do believe he has a tiebreaker over Luke and myself and Matt, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, I'll pull that up after this podcast, which will help no one. But uh, I'd like to know. <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't. I, I can go back. But I
1: can like I Luke and Big Mike face off in the biggest matchup of Week 13. Luke needs to win his this game, and he needs Pat or I to lose, as we touched on before. This game will be closely tuned into. I am very excited to see this matchup, whether I make the playoffs or not. It's going to be much fun to watch Luke duke it out with Big Mike.
2: Yeah, there's going to be some tight ones. I mean, the weird thing about this week, too, is everything on the line. I don't know how you are, but I really hate playing guys early in the week. Like, I really don't like having guys in Thursday night lineups. That's one of my superstitions, I would say then, you know, if, if you have a good game on Thursday night, it's, it's great. You know, you got points on the
1: board. Hopefully, you can kind of relax a little bit of the weekend. But if you got a guy that goes out there and puts up a stinker on a Thursday night game or one or two of them, and it, it just it could ruin your entire weekend in terms of your fantasy matchup. Absolutely. So I, I hate playing Thursday players, but... Absolutely. Um, Honestly, I fall under the same uh, mindset as Zach and I developed uh, when we were living together and all these years of watching Thursday night together, that you play your studs on Thursday night, and if they're not a stud, you sit them. Yeah. I would actually go out, like, if I had a close lineup
2: decision to make, and one guy played it earlier in the week and one guy played it on a Sunday or Monday, I would
1: actually lean towards the guy later in the week. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's such a gamble to play Thursday night, guys. I just don't want to be out of it, man. You can you always recover it instead of that lineup is set. There's always something to hope for when you're watching the games. I understand. Now, there's a new video up by NFL Throwback, which is the history of Thanksgiving games. Uh, I'm going to be posting that in the comments of this video post, which will be up tonight, Wednesday night, Thanksgiving Eve. Cody, do you have anything else to add for our listeners, which you are one of them? No, I don't think so, man. This season's
2: been fun. You know, my team hasn't done very well, but I... I think the league is coming together a lot more than uh, I really ever thought. Like, I thought I would always be competitive for several years, but in terms of actually the camaraderie and getting together and doing some of these events and just kind of becoming closer to this group of friends, it's, I never quite found to go to this extent. so it's kind of cool to see the effort everybody's putting in this podcast on your behalf. is was very cool. I definitely tune into this every week, hopefully everyone else does. Um, no, I just enjoy playing football with you guys and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be uh, grateful for a break here at the end of the year for a little while, and then
1: probably by the end of spring I'll be ready to go again. Absolutely. And I think the antithesis of uh the closeness we have be uh entered into is exemplified in our evening in Laramie after the the game when we all slept in one hotel room, all nine of us. Yeah, that was. Uh, I actually had an audio recording
2: from Luke and yourself snoring that night and me and
1: Zach are just literally just sitting there wondering what the, what the fuck are we going to do we actually thought about driving to Cheyenne I that I had booked <laughs> <laughs> the lumberjack symphony oh man i never heard anybody snore like you two <laughs> and honestly if he knocks me out of the playoffs that rivalry will be born for sure I, yeah I don't know Matthew, I know you're listening. This is the end of the podcast. Make that a thing. I know we talked about it previously. The Lumberjack <laughs> Symphony—that is the rivalry between Luke and myself. I know Luke will listen as well, and he will be very excited on this rivalry, especially if he knocks me out of the playoffs this week. Yeah, or either yeah, way. Last, be a good start to it. Yeah. Or if you can keep him out of it. Yep. Either way, it's a good storyline to start a rivalry. Yeah, he got. I don't know what my head-to-head head against Luke is, but He got me twice this year. I know it's pretty close. I don't know what I, it, you know when he had him on
2: a couple uh, two or three weeks ago. You had him on, and he said how many. He wasn't even sure how many years he'd been in the league, and he told us it was basically every year, except the first year. That kind of surprised me. Cause like, I guess he wasn't coming down for everything at the beginning, but it definitely feels like he hasn't been here since the beginning. But outside of
1: missing just one year, I think he's pretty much been here the whole time. Absolutely. Um I think he joined, it was either when we expanded to 14 teams, or the, I think it was the year we expanded to 14 teams. Yeah, that, was, that year was terrible. Was that the year I won championship too? <laughs> yep, that was the year you beat me in the championship. <laughs> that was a rough year on waivers, man. That, that was the year I limped in and you just put the boots to my neck. That You know, that is one of my saving grace to do, is not only do I have two championships, but i got to beat you and Zach in them. Yes. <laughs> yep well with that everyone enjoy your turkey day and I thank you for listening hopefully it is a joyous occasion full of festivities and enjoyment with family thank you once again for listening to this podcast I am your host Dalton Van Pelt I thank you greatly
3: See this Turn up the lights In here baby You know what I need Want you to see everything Want you to see All of the the lights. lights Fast cars Shooting stars All of the lights All of the lights
0: Nigga dead. I slapped my girl, she caught a feds. I did that time and spent that bread
3: Go and get your own. your own